0: welcome to the underground a place to hear the word of god before you go six feet underground a place to get into the word of god so the word of god can get into you this is where repentance starts this is your chance for revival who am i just a voice of one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand it is the underground Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came to the wilderness and began preaching. What was his message? His message was to repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 4 and 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach. What was he preaching? He was saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand In Luke chapter five and verse 32. It says, I have not called the righteous, but sinners to repentance. If you think that you are right, if you think your lifestyle is right, if you think the way you think is right, if you think the way you live is right. Jesus can't even get to your ear. He can't even talk to you because he says, I've called sinners, people who know that they are sinners, That's what I'm calling for. That's what I come for. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, it says, in the same way, I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Angels are rejoicing when one sinner understands that they need to turn to God. Do you see what makes heaven get crunk? do you see what makes heaven turn up it's when a sinner repents how can a sinner repent if we are not preaching repentance how can heaven rejoice how can the angels rejoice if we don't tell people about repentance again it says in luke chapter 15 and 10 In the same way i tell you there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If you want heaven to applaud what you're doing, if you want heaven to have a standing ovation for the work you are doing down here on earth, talk to people about repenting. Pray for the hearts of men to repent and turn to God. And there will be a standing ovation in heaven. Luke chapter 15. Uh, verse 10 that's what we was just reading but in Acts chapter 2 and 38 it says and Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins that was the message they was preaching in Romans 2 and 4 it says do you ignore the fact that the purpose of God kindness is meant to lead you to repentance his kindness is, is to lead you to repentance. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, Remember then what you receive and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come against you. Scary thing right there. Not knowing what hour God may come visit you. That's why we always got to be ready. We stay ready so we don't have to get ready because we don't know what hour our Savior is going to come and visit us. Jeremiah 25 verse four and five again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened or even paid attention. It says again and again, and it's happening now. God is sending his servants to you. He's sending his prophets to you. He's sending his preachers to you. He's sending his evangelists to you. He's sending his apostles to you. He's sending his teachers to you. But you have not listened or even paid attention. How long are you going to ignore the fact that God is sending you people to preach to you? How long are you going to ignore the fact that God is sending his people to pour knowledge into you? How long are you going to ignore the fact that God is sending wisdom your way through his people? And it says each time the message was this each time his message was this repent. From the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. Every time God raised up one of his servants or his prophets and he sent this to his people. It said each time. This was his message. It was the same message. He was telling the people, hey, repent from the evil road that you are traveling. on, And from the evil things that you were doing. This was his message, and it's continue to be his message to this day. In Ezekiel chapter 18, 31 and 32, it says, repent and turn from your sins. Don't let them destroy you. Don't let your sin destroy you. Don't let that lifestyle destroy you, man of God, woman of God. It says, put all your rebellion behind you. It's a tough thing to put your rebellion behind you, but that's why we have to start daily. Every day we should be trying to put rebellion, put our rebellion mindset behind us, put our rebellion attitude behind us, put our rebellion thinking behind us. Why? And find yourself a new heart and a new spirit. It says find yourself a new heart. That means you may have to go on some soul searching vacations instead of going on a vacation. Instead of going on a vacation, you may have to go on a soul searching vacation to find yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die like that? Why should you? Why should you die in your rebellion? Why should you die at a shootout at the club? Why should you die gangbanging? Why should you die robbing somebody? Why should you die hitting a lick? Why should you die of AIDS? Why should you die of, of 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 uh being at somebody's house at the wrong time? Why should you die in a drive-by? Why should you die in a conflict with another brother? Why should you die like that? Is that what you wanted? to? Is that how you wanted to die? This is why he is saying put all that rebellion behind you. Now, if you are saying, well, if I put all my rebellion behind you telling me i ain't going to die like that, I'm saying you have a better chance of living a longer life. My brother, you have a better chance of living a longer life, my sister, if you put rebellion behind you. You put a certain lifestyle behind you. I'm telling you, long life is more uh, valuable to you. You're investing in a longer life if you put rebellion behind you. Oh people of America, oh people of H Town, oh people of Mo City, oh people of South Park, oh people of the Southwest, oh people of Third Ward, Acres Home, Sunnyside, Horn Clark, Eptide, all the way from north side to the east side, oh people of America, God is saying, I don't want you to die like that. Turn and live. Turn and live. Are you really living? In Micah 1 in verse 2 and 3, it says, attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let all the people. Micah was talking to all the people of the world. I don't care who you are. Listen to what God is saying. Let the earth and everything in it hear. Everything in it. You animals, you need to listen. Everybody, all the animals in the sea the animals at the zoo, you need to listen. Everything in it, the trees, the rocks, the mountains, the seas, the ocean, the stars, the skies, the grass. He says, let everything hear. The sovereign Lord is making an, accus- an accusation is against you. See, when God speaks, he has an accusation against everything. That's why the, the forest is burning up right now. He said, I, I got an accusation against all of that. I'm speaking to everything. Yeah, yeah. When I come speak, when I when I want to make something happen, I'm speaking to everything. Everything will get affected when I make a move. Everything gets affected. The sun will get affected. The moon will get affected. The sea will get affected. Yeah. The forest, the trees, lumber, grass, all of that gets affected when I'm trying to get attention. When I'm trying to get people's attention, it says the Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. When you see things like this, that you see what's going on in the world, he's letting you know I'm coming. Shout out to Colorado. <laughs> Shout out to D. Uh, I see where you got it from. Uh, it says the Lord speak from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. Before before there was even a Colorado, God been saying, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. And I got to ask you, do you believe? Do you believe God is coming? Do you believe God is coming? A person, see, a, a team can win one game and everybody starts to believe. That's crazy. I know a team can win one game, and everybody starts to, oh, I believe. God said, I've been preaching to you for the the whole eternity, and y'all still don't believe. (laughs) Oh, man, have have patience, have mercy on us, God. He said, I've been doing miracles all this time. Y'all still not believing? Oh, come on, man. Come on, we got to start believing, y'all. So anyways, I say all those scriptures and I preach out and I just said all that to say what? Hey, I'm just letting you guys know the things that we're about to talk about. This is nothing new. There's nothing new up under the sun. What I'm about to say, I may say it in a different tone. I may say it in a different tongue. I may say it in a different language than you speak or a different slang than you speak. But hey, I'm still preaching the same message and I'm just another voice, a voice that's going to fade off into the sunrise, a voice that's going to fade off into eternity. I always tell people when they ask me my age, I say, hey, I'm 36 going on eternity. That's my age. I'm going on eternity and my voice is going to fade one day, but the word of God that I'm speaking is going to last forever. So take a seat back tonight. Open your ears. Open your heart to thus says the Lord. And I pray that He bless you. Welcome to the Underground. Oh, y'all greet each other, man. Everybody greet all you uh all the two people that's in here. <laughs> y'all greet each other, man. Yeah. I always say, man, I know we uh have a little people up in uh these things, but let me tell you something, man. There's a lot of people listening to the underground. I already know. We, you know, we pass our cards I always, man. We always pass in our cards. We always in the, in the barbershops, at the malls, wherever we at. And I'm passing our cards. God is, you know, got it on my heart. So, you know, I know people listen. I know it's some Nicodemus out there. Yeah, and they go check tomorrow to see. If we got uploaded, I already know. I already know for sure. When you come back, I'll give you some of those cards, man. We got like a thousand. We stay, uh, yeah, we stay on it. You know what I'm saying? We stay pushing it. Yeah, we can send it. We can definitely send you some, man. All right. Shout out to my wife, man. Shout out to my brother who up in here for real. Much love to you, uh, for real though. But shout out to my boy Dion Sanders, man. Uh, just for being you in the kingdom of God, brother. You know, not afraid to be who God calls you to be on that platform, man. So I just want to give you, you know what I'm saying, a couple of roses while you're here, brother, and say, man, I appreciate it because what you're doing, especially for the uh black man, I want you to know, bro, I love it. Giving us the confidence and the boldness to, hey, believe how we believe. and and do it the way God has uh, called you to do it. People may not like it, but, hey, I love it, brother. And uh, praying for you, and and hopefully, you know, uh, you're able to bless those brothers bigger than the football field, which I know you're doing, man. Um, Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? Hey, I'm just the voice of one calling out in the wilderness of America. Still telling everybody they need to repent. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Special Ops Youth Ministry. Hope y'all doing well. Shout out to everybody on B Block and D Block uh, at the prison units. Hope you guys are doing well. See you guys Saturday. Uh, we about to turn up in there. The Holy Spirit is coming with. The business. I already know yeah. people are gonna get delivered. I can't wait to be a part of that. So, anyways, we just go chop. Yes, please keep me in prayer, man. Please keep me in prayer. A lot of uh doors God is opening up uh with speaking. It's it's like whoa, you know what I'm saying? A lot of things opening up, so and uh yeah, so just pray for me, y'all. Pray for that God be able to use me. And what I've been doing now is really not trying to put my my thoughts too much in what I'm going to say when I get before God, people. For real, for real. Like I'm really focusing on I'm just going to bring the word and whatever God flows up out of me, we just go do that. So I'm going to practice tonight like that. I honestly didn't even, I didn't really prepare this week. And that's the hard thing for me to do. Like try to prepare and make sure you know what, because I just I don't know. I always want to just cross my eyes and you know I'm saying excuse cross the T's and dot my eyes. But this week I said, you know what, God, I'm gonna just relax. Before I even came on here, I was uh playing Madden. <laughs> that's how you know I'm. I'm just trying to relax. I was in playing Madden. I'm in the Super Bowl, by the way. Yeah, I was playing, man. I'm in the Super Bowl. So I was doing that. Yeah, she laughing, but I was. Because what 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 are you doing? I'm relaxing. I'm not putting too much pressure. I'm, I'm not trying to overthink this. I'm not trying to come in here like I need to be a certain. now I'm just relaxed now. And I'm going to just talk to you. And, and that's how I want God to use me on this journey. Because obviously, he's opening up doors for me to speak more. And so I just need to be relaxed and calm. So. We're going to practice today on that. So I want to talk about being socially awkward and what that is doing to to us, by the way. So I work in a a mental health department, organization, and I work with autistic uh, clients, adults, also children. One of the things that mostly they say about themselves or, or what they have been deemed is that they are socially awkward. You know, it's basically when they get in front of people, they come off as awkward when they in a group. They come off as awkward when they're in, uh, you know, around a lot of people or certain uh, outing. They come, they, they get nervous. They don't know what to do. They fidget a lot. All those type of things but I'm here to say I've been doing my own kind of like tests and trial and research. Let me tell you what I mean. When I go out, I purposely leave my phone. My wife will tell you, I always leave my phone because I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm, I'm really trying to position, train my mind on when there's nothing to talk about when there's nothing to do I I can just sit and wait. So, I've been, I had a couple of events that I had to go to, you know, lately. And I purposely left my phone. And I'm sitting at the tables or I'm just, you know, peeping the scene. And I've noticed that when there's no conversations being said or when there's nothing else to talk about or when we are waiting on food, people become awkward they become very fidgety and they always grab their phone. When there's nothing else to do, they grab their phone and they start to just scroll and they start to just look at their phone. And as I hear what they say about the autistic clients or when they say about some of the mentally ill clients, quote unquote, what they deem them to be, but I'm looking at society. And I'm just sitting here saying, like, we are all becoming like that, though. We are all becoming social, unaware people, not knowing how to act when there's just silence, not knowing how to wait. You see what I'm saying? Not knowing how to wait on our food just in silence, not knowing how to just wait on things to come. We don't have to take pictures. We don't have to video record anything. Just waiting. And I'm talking about waiting and I'm saying these things because, listen to me, majority of your walk with God is going to be you waiting. It's going to be you waiting. Waiting. And you don't need to become fidgety. You don't need to have to have something to do. You don't need to have something to pick up. You don't need to have something to entertain you while you're waiting. See, this is bigger than the phone. I need you to uh, listen to me with what the spirit of God is trying to speak to your heart right now. This is what happens to us believers. But it is showing through the phones what's happening in the spirit. When you're waiting, you have to have something to do. You can't just sit and wait. If you can't sit and wait for your food, try this out. And I am really meaning it. Try it out. Go out and just see if people can just sit there and wait for their food without touching anything doing anything, and it will amaze you. You'll be like, oh, snap. We junkies. We're junkies. So I can't look at the uh, the person who who's getting off crack, or I can't look at the person who might be hooked on heroin and say, man, they need to get off that, because we need to get off what we are. We're really junkies. We cannot even bring food, food to the table. But I was picking it up, picking the phone up and it's, it's awkward. I want you to know that's socially awkward. That's becoming very weird on how we are supposed to relate to humans. Well, that's the time we live in. No, 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 no. We are humans. We have dominion over those type of things. God gave you that. Just because things event themselves and come inside time doesn't mean we're supposed to uh, let that control us and let it have dominion over us. We are supposed to have dominion over those things. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they who wait on the Lord should renew their strength. They should mount up with wings like eagles. They should run and not be weary. They should walk and not faint. But they who wait on the Lord See, all of these things, these promises that you'll have strength, you'll mount up like wings, you are running and not be weary, and you'll walk in our faith, those promises happen to those who know how to wait. Who know how to wait? I've been hearing this verse for a, a long time now, but God opened it up more to me and said, see, that is for people who have a discipline who have a consistency, who have a mindset on how to wait, who have self-control in waiting. Do you know how to wait? Psalms 27, 13, and 14. I believe that I should look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It takes a strong mind to wait on the Lord. A strong mind, a strong will to wait on the Lord. We have to start asking God, And this is going to be hard. This is going to be one of those prayers that you have to get prepared for it. But God, teach me how to wait on you. Teach me how to wait on you. If we're honest with ourselves, there's a lot of situations. There's a lot of uh, battleships, which I'll call relationships, that we are in because we simply don't know how to wait on God. We don't know how to wait. Let me let me uh paint a picture for you so I can show you how serious this is about waiting. <laughs> how many of y'all get mad when your YouTube or your social media or anything is not loading up in by in thirty in thirty seconds? If it ain't low, you you like, man, what the world was going on, right? You get angry. Or uh, say you cut to Netflix on and that, that mug ain't starting nobody away. You like, what is <laughs> you like, uh, what's going on? Like 30 seconds in. You feel me? Or say if you go to a restaurant, you know what I mean? Like what I put exactly. Exactly. But I want you to uh see what it's showing, it's showing us something deeper. It's showing us something deeper that like, man, we we really have gotten into a mindset. We have got in a system, our minds have been formed to not even when a text exactly text don't go through fast enough. Somebody don't text you fast enough. <laughs> you like, uh, what you doing? Uh they probably at work. Maybe, maybe in the shower, maybe in the bathroom. But you want, you know, you want them to text you right, ASAP, right? We don't know how to wait on those things. So I'm gonna ask you start to let those things train you. What are they training us for, for God? Because God has a certain time, y'all. I don't know if y'all know, but uh, you know, I've been walking with Him for a, a, a while now. He likes to really take his time with some things. (laughs) You know, you're like, oh, God. I mean, you know, he just likes to take his time. He's the type of God who waited 400 years (laughs) to deliver the people. Like, I mean, God, I'm not trying to wait 400 years, though, but okay. So, we're dealing with a God who's... You know, he moves at his own pace. So you want to have a spirit that can wait. You know what I mean? So, but again, when y'all go out, I'm telling y'all, just check it out. Check it out. When you're waiting with somebody, when you're out with dinner with somebody or just, I don't know. Just look how, I don't know. We just can't sit there no more. I don't, we can't even sit there. Silence is awkward to people. It's not. Silence is good. It's all right to be silence. because guess what? There's going to be some seasons in your life. Believer, listen to me, that God is going to be solid. Yeah. You may not hear from God. You may not hear a revelation from God. You may not hear instructions from God. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that he's mad at you. It doesn't mean that you're on the wrong path. It means be in the moment. Keep doing what you're doing. But don't pick up things to get you distracted. Mm, that's oh wait, that's for somebody. Don't pick up things to get you distracted, to give you something to do, until your promise come to give you something to do. So until your food come out, you're picking up something. You picked up a relationship waiting on your promise. And now the thing that you picked up is gonna affect your promise. All right, I live in H Town, you know, and so one of the things about H Town, y'all, traffic, traffic. Yeah, I'm I'm riding to uh, work. This was last Tuesday. And I'm riding, and I leave early so I can avoid traffic. I get on the freeway, and I'm in traffic, y'all, and I hate being late. But, y'all, I'm in traffic for almost 30, 45, and now it's the hour. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So, have you ever been in traffic? And when you finally get up there, and you finally get to the point where you're able to start driving, and you look and you see it's something small as a tire, it's something small as a fender bender, it's something small as just some just small, and I'm like, this what this the whole up was for? That's what gets me. That got me more madder than waiting. I'm like. Man, y'all could have pulled over. It'd be the small things, man, in traffic that just really bugs me. So when I got there and I say, oh, my God, see, I'm late because of this small little thing. And y'all know, I've just felt like, man, it hit me so hard. And I just feel like God was saying that is exactly what it is with my children. They are showing up late in life because of small habits. They are showing up late in life because of small sin. They are showing up late in life because of small details that they are not obeying me by. It's small, y'all. And you are backed up in your life. You are slowly getting to your destination because of a small fender bender in your life that you can handle. But you're not getting around to it quick enough. Quick enough. Start handling up on these small little things in your life. Don't overlook them. Get to it quick. In a hurry, fast. Take care of it. Take care of that little credit debt. Take care of that little this this little uh. I don't know. You know you almost you always had a, those little small bills that you be like, oh, I'll get that later. No, 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 no. Get that now. Get that now. Take care of these small things now, so it won't come back and hold you up. Because let me tell you something, the more small things you put aside, they add up, they build up, they become long. And now, now that you're backed up. I want God's people to handle up on the small things and be deliberate about it. Knock it out. Knock these things out. That's why God used to tell the people of uh, the children of Israel, hey, when you go in there, knock out all that stuff. Don't leave nothing. We're we're trying to get into our new lives. We're trying to get into the things that God has promised us in our own lives. But we're leaving things behind. We will. But we're trying to sweep things under the rug. And God said, hey, I need you to handle up on these things. I need you to I need you to let these little relationships you got, I need you to let people know what it is. See some of us we we can't move too, but and we in traffic because we got little relationships everywhere. <laughs> oh man, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking to some hearts now. You you backed up. You got a relationship over here, but it's it's little. It's it's not big, you know. It's it's just a little, you know, situation, right? And then you got one over there, and then you got one over there, and then you got one over here and there and there and there. And God said, "Hey, hey, hey, hey! I need you to get free. I need you to let people know what it is. Be free. Be free. Handle up on these little things, man. For real. Handle up on them." Especially uh, man of God. We got to handle up on these little things quick, fast, and a hurry. Because what they can do, don't take these little uh small things as, as, ah, oh, they ain't nothing. You know, that's what Goliath did to David. Took that little, he took that small shepherd boy for like, ah, oh, that ain't nothing. Okay. It'll come and knock you in your head and lay you flat down. Don't sleep on them small little things. Don't sleep on them small little things. Don't look at oh, that's just a little shepherd. That ain't nothing. okay. They got a slingshot ready waiting for you. Yeah, that credit got a slingshot waiting for you. So anyway, all right. So we we tackle that. We tackle that. What else we want to tackle? Oh. Uh, Let me read this real quick. Lamentations 3 and 25. It says, Hey, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. The Lord is good, y'all, to those who wait on him. You see why waiting is important? He says, I'm good to those, to the soul who seeks me, the soul that's waiting for me, the soul that's waiting on an answer for me. The soul that's not in too much of a hurry to hear my voice. The soul that diligently just gets up in the morning and if they don't hear me they get straight to it. What I told them to do. They're not trying to invent something. They're not trying to make something up. they being disciplined to what I told them to do last season. See, because that's what happens a lot of times also with the Holy Spirit want me to share. a lot When we don't hear from God, right? he'll give us a word in a season. He'll give us a word and when we get to that, right? And because we in such a generation that's so uh overly, uh just want to overly do things. They just want to push, 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 push out, push out. You know, we want more and more and more and more, right? If we don't hear from God, we'll make some up. And say, thus says the Lord. And God not, you know what I'm saying? We'll just make some up invent some in our minds why because we don't know how to wait we don't know how to wait two years is a long time to us but to, i'm telling y'all that's not even long three years is not long four years is not long according to how god operated i'm going off the character of god how he operated in his word what we call waiting is it's not waiting it's impatient. It's impatient. And guess believe he teaching me that right now. He teaching me that right now. He'll give us a word and we'll want to get straight to it. Oh, oh, oh that's the word. Yeah, he told me to do that right now, tomorrow. He's like, what? Wait a minute. Wait, let me prepare you for the word that I just gave you. let me prepare you for the word I just gave you and preparing you may have to deal with some waiting. You may have to wait on that job that you work in another two years. How you feel about that? Ask me, go ahead and ask uh, yourself that question. How you feel if God show up and tell you, Hey, you might have to wait on this job for the next uh, three years. You cool with that? You might have to wait in that position for the next three years. You cool with that? Let me tell you what I mean by that. David was anointed king, right? He didn't get a, uh, he didn't become king until his thirties. He was a young man when he got anointed king. Didn't become that until his thirty. You see how long he had to wait? Almost 14, 15 years. So he became what God promised him. That scares your, our souls right now. That that's, uh, that's so frightening to some of us right now, just thinking we'll have to wait like that. But that's how it was. That's how it was. He had to wait. He had to be second in charge. He he was second in charge. He was a shepherd. Then he was like Saul's, uh, you know what I'm saying, Underman. But this whole time, God had told him, hey, you going to be king. Waiting. Waiting. Could have could have came up with his own plan, to, you know, knock Saul off. See, because when we wait, we get impatient and we want our own plans. We tell God, hey, you told me this, so you need to, we, we got to, we got a timeline for God. Oh, my God, man. Just thinking about this now is it's hitting me. For, we got a timeline for that. We give him a timeline. And we can't do that. Now, we want God to worship our time. We want God to worship our, you know, our mindset. And it doesn't work like that. Why? Because we're servants of the Most High God. We're servants of the most high God. Um, uh, Our generation, our culture, our pagan society that we live in has taught us on how to be served. Think about it. it, We're we're getting served all day. We're getting served all day. And so now we are meeting God and he's telling us we have to serve. It's, it's a war. It's an oxymoron going on because everything is serving us in America. Everything serves us. You know, we have a phone that whatever our eyes or whatever our desires, whatever that flesh wants to experience, all we have to do is type it in. And it serves us. Whatever itch we have, we type it in and it serves us. And now we're coming in a relationship with God, and He's saying, I need you to be a servant. That is hard. That's why we're having so many issues and problems. That's why the thought, that's why a lot of people, when they start walking with God, I'm gonna be straight rude. A lot of people be thinking they're going crazy. <laughs> So, I've heard this. People really be thinking they losing their mind when they start walking with God. You're not losing your mind. You're not. It's just you're becoming uh, spiritually awakened. You've been so deep in your sin. I'm talking to somebody right now. Praise God. You're not losing your mind. You don't need to go see a therapist. You don't need to go. I'm you don't need to be on no pills. You don't need none of that. You're not losing your mind. Okay? And I'm talking to somebody who needs to hear this. To everybody who you're going through some uh mental issues, hey, I encourage all, you know, whatever you have to go do. Not against people seeing therapists. I want to say that because I deal with clients who have to do that. I'm not against that. But I'm talking to Pacific people right now who, you you have got saved. You have got baptized. You have you begin to walk with God and you think you're losing your mind. You're not. You're becoming a new creature. This is new for you. You're walking in a new way, a new mindset. You see the world different now. You no longer want to be served. You're no longer the God in your life. You have got off your pedal stool and you have bowed down to the living God. Man, that's going to be a total life-changing experience. Calm down. You're not crazy. You're just walking this thing out. All right? And I'm here to tell you it's going to become more and more uh fulfilling it's going to become more and more uh i want to say easier but you're going to start to walk up straight you know how a baby you know when they begin they, they walk a little bit they stumbling they drooling they neck can't stay still but it, as they begin to keep walking and walking this out They begin to walk longer, right? They don't fall as much, no more. That is what you are going through right now, all right? So that was for somebody. Thank you, God. Thank you for blessing somebody who's going. They going, you know, people be, (laughs) I know some people going crazy, right? They like, what's going on? Ain't nobody calling me no more, you know? And then something, hey, I don't know about y'all, but when I I know when I first got saved, I started, I'm like, wow, I feel ugly. Cause you know, God started dealing with your flesh too. He started dealing with the certain clothes you wear. You know, he make you, he made me take out my earrings. I I used to have, you know, I was, I was worldly fly. <laughs> so God started dealing with you. You like, I can't even wear this no more. I can't do certain things that made me look fine. You know, sis. I know I'm talking to my sisters, sisters now too. Gotta start dealing with you. Can't wear certain clothes no more. So now you don't even feel pretty. It's just messing with you. It's okay. It's okay. See, you thought that what made you look good. Now God is finna teach you what's really beautiful. Hmm. He finna teach you what's really beautiful. What what really sets you apart? Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh my sisters, majority has mistaken, y'all have mistaken of sticking around with a man through the disobedience of God for loyalty. What do you mean? I've I've heard this a lot. That uh, I was loyal, I was down, I stuck around, and I'm. I have to say this to you so you can understand what you was loyal to, so you could be freed. Okay, you wasn't loyal to a man. You was loyal to disobedience. You didn't stick around. For a relationship, you stuck around disobedience. Let the Holy Spirit talk to your heart right now. A lot of y'all are thinking that y'all are being loyal, but you are loyal to unrighteousness. a lot of us are loyal to the sin that is in that person. You're not loyal to the man. You're not loyal to the woman. You're loyal to the sin that y'all agree upon. You're not loyal to the man. You're loyal to the confusion, the confusion, in that man. Why? Why is that? I'm saying this because what I noticed while living up under the sun is that majority of our women, especially in our pagan society, I got to ask you this. Do you know how to be loyal to a man who's in holiness? Have you have have you seek God and asked him, how do I be loyal to a man that's living in holiness? Because majority look as a man living as, in holiness as boredom. Let's be real. A certain lifestyle, a man living a certain lifestyle in holiness is looked at as boredom. They are not living. So I need all my sisters in Christ, especially in the 30s, in the 40s. So I need you to start really trying to learn is because we got to teach our young young women who's going to grow up in they saying they believe, right? They saying they want a, a, a man of God or the, I don't, you know, most of the times uh, uh, when I hear that, I just I, I know women just want a man with good morals. They really don't want a man of God. They just want a man with good morals who who's not going to uh m- mess with their idols <laughs> uh, see, they, they just want a good man but don't mess with my idols but I'm here to tell you a man in holiness without, he, without him even speaking is going to mess with your idols because his walk messes with your idols his direction is going to mess with your idols His convictions is going to mess with your idols. His fellowship with God, sis, is going to mess with your idols. Okay? Let me ask you this, sis. Let me ask you this, woman of God. Do you know how to be loyal to a man that's about kingdom business? Ask yourself that. Because before you come to God asking him for a husband, you need to ask yourself these type of questions for real. Before you come to God asking him for a godly man. Or I just want you to be honest with yourself and say, hey, God, just give me a man with good morals. Right. Give me a man who just he ain't go cheat on me. he gonna take me out. And, you know, we're going to be able to do what we need to do to look right on Instagram, right? But if I'm talking to women who wants a man after God's own heart, you're going to have to ask yourself these questions. Do you know how to be loyal to a man who's about kingdom business? Because kingdom business is going to, it's going to be in battleship with your business. It may be in warfare to what you have planned. Can you be loyal to that? Can you be loyal to a man that's obedient to the word of God? Can you be, old? Can you be supportive of a man that's obedient and supportive to the word of God? You got to ask yourself that. Can you be loyal and obedient to a man that's walking in the spirit and not of the lust of the flesh? Because a man walking in a spirit in this generation, let's be real. It's going to look like he's not. having. What is he doing? He don't do nothing. That's what it's going to look like. That's what it's going to feel like. No, he's about, he's building a kingdom. He's bringing heaven to earth. He's bringing something new to earth that this generation hasn't seen. Are you going to be able to be loyal to you? Think about Noah. His wife had to be loyal to somebody who never that, that generation probably never seen a boat that Noah, Noah was building. But God called him a righteous man. He was a holy man. He was a man who was obedient to God. And I know Noah's wife had to be set apart because she had to be faithful to a man that was strictly about God's business. She couldn't go off what the world was saying. She couldn't go off what was everybody else was saying, what everybody else was doing. She had to be loyal to that. Can I tell you something, sis? Uh, God didn't call man to have fun. He's not here to, you know, just you got to have some fun. He's not here for that. I get it. We, you know, we, we, we supposed to, you know, enjoy ourselves. I'm not saying that y'all understand what I'm saying, but majority of our pagan society is trying to train us men to think we're here to have a good time. We're not. When you're having to, when God says, uh, we have dominion, that's not fun. And I'm not talking about just having dominion for a couple of years. No, 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 no. God is calling us to have dominion for years. 30, 40, 50 years. See, we don't know how that looks. Oh my God. Come on now. Ooh, I'm getting this... thank you, God. See, see, majority of us man don't even know how that looks. We, we never seen it. How does it look to have dominion over your family for 20, 30, 40 years and have it? How does it look to have dominion over your money for the next 40 years? Do we know how that looks? Do we know how that is? Do we know how that feels? Do we know how to operate in that life? Do we know how to get to that? To have dominion over our flesh for the next 40 years. See, we don't even think that's possible. See, our minds don't even think like that. But it's finna start thinking like that. Why? Because God is raising up the man to be like this. Dominion. Rule. And so I'm asking the woman of God, do you know what that look like? And when you see it, can you build it up? Or are you intimidated by it? Or do you want to tear it down? Because it doesn't fit your agenda. It doesn't fit your feminist mindset. It doesn't fit your boss chick mentality. I'm talking to the, the the women who say they believe in God. What God are you talking about, first of all? I have to ask. Why are you talking about this? I'm saying these things because I so must believe that God is raising up the man that you women so desperately need, right? That's going to take some of the weight off your shoulders. That's going to help you get back into your feminine role. Right. That's going to help you focus more on teaching uh, your kids more and, and cultivating the household to be a godly environment. God is raising that man up right now. Right. I want your eyes. I want your heart and I want your mind to be prepared for when he comes. Because it's coming. The word of God is getting out here. He's walking in, in the underground. He's building that man up. What? he's That man is going to come and take some of that weight off your shoulders. But when he tries to grab some of that weight off your shoulders, I'm going to need you not to say, uh-uh, I got it. I've been doing this all my life. What? This is what you prayed for. This is what you said you wanted. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. Okay. And I want to just end off you guys on, we're going to talk about false teachers, false prophets real quick. I got, I got to tackle this real quick and then I'll let you guys go. And we're just going to read a couple of verses. We're going to tackle a lot of verses because I heard a story, and it drove me up the wall. I was so angry when I heard this. So, talking to somebody, and they told me about, uh I don't know, I guess a popular, you know, prophet or whatever preacher in our generation of these days. I'm going to say no names. Uh, They have a dream class, right? And they teach... Dream classes and they're charging four hundred dollars, and this is not the first time I've seen this. I seen another evangelist or popular person. They was charging sixteen hundred dollars for a prayer class, and I'm angry. I'm very angry at that because. Well, I'm not angry at the false prophets because that's what they do. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But we as believers have to start taking this stuff head on. And we have to start reading scripture, knowing our scriptures, and being able to call it out in such a way not to have come back with the world of false prophets. We're not getting into no arguments with people like that. That ain't what we do. But to snatch our sisters and brothers from the snares of the wolves. That is what we're doing. Wherever you at, you got to be the one who's going to be a protector. Right? You're on here tonight. You're listening to this right now is because God is He said, hey, where you're at right now? You may be working at Walmart. You may be a basket person at H-E-B. You may be fixing sandwiches at Subway, right? You may be a millionaire. You may be a a basketball player. You may may have just got drafted in the NBA, in the NFL, in the MLB. You going to a college campus. All of you guys who's listening to this right now, Praise God! Hey, He's calling you to be a protector. Watch out for His sheep. You know, when you see them listening to some false prophets, or when you see them entertaining false prophets, hey, it, it may get um, it may be kind of weird, or it may not be friendly, or something like that. But hey, we gotta we gotta call it out and say, hey, no, nah, we're not doing that. Why? In First John four one beloved I'm calling you beloved right now do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets has gone out into the world hey that's a promise many false prophets are out there many of them are out there right now so we are gonna have to be careful who are we listening to Who are we giving our attention to? Those two ears that you have, who are you letting get between them? Because God just told us, hey, there's many false prophets. And I know every time I see this many false prophets. Hey, he's talking on your social media platform. There's going to be many on that. Many on that. And I want us to understand when we talk about false prophets, it is not somebody who is just preaching. It's anybody who is anti-Christ. That is a false prophet. So they don't have to be behind the pulpit. They can be anybody who has a certain message that is anti-Christ. That is a false prophet. Anybody who's coming with a message of, hey, I know how to make you wealthy in the next 30 minutes. False prophet. <laughs> Those type of things. These are false prophets. They are antichrist. They're trying to take your attention away from the true gospel. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 13 and 15. It says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen. Disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. He said these people know how to disguise themselves. He says, and no wonder for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of life. They learn it from the God that they serve. He said there's going to be apostles who know how to disguise, disguise themselves as the light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. So we know this, that Satan has servants. Just like you are a servant of God, Satan has his servants. Let's be, let's understand that right now. Let's not just think, uh, nah, I can't nobody be, there's people who are serving the devil. They're waking up praying to the devil. They have ministries for the devil it's that real just like how we're trying to get people on our side on god's side get people to repent they're trying to get people to be unrepentant that is what they're doing they're servants and they own a job too by the way they're doing a very good job He says their end will be correspond to their own deeds. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Basically, he's saying their end, we're going to see at the end how they their deeds are going to be shown. It's going to come out. You're going to start seeing their false prophet by the deeds that they do. How do I know they're a false prophet? Because they their deeds are going to start saying, oh, they, they charging money. Their deeds are being exposed. And how I know we have people worshiping these people is because even when their deeds are exposed, they don't they don't believe it or they still want to worship these people. They still want to follow these people. Second, Timothy, four, three and four. We're talking about false prophets, false teachers. Anybody who's antichrist. These are the verses. Second, Timothy, four. Three and four chapter four verses three and four it says for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. We, that means, uh, anything that has to do with just reading the word and preaching the sound gospel. There's coming a time that people are not going to want to hear that. We know that, right? They're going to have itchy ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Uh, talked about this before, but I just want to keep going over it. That means they're going to have teachers who they're going to fit their own passion. That that's happening right now. When we go to Instagram, when we go to YouTube, when you go on, there's teachers that people they say, okay, I'm going to listen to him. I listen to him. I listen to him. Why? Because they accumulate the teachers that fit their own desires. I like that he don't talk about sin that much, so I, I like him. Let me put him in my bucket list. I like that she she kind of cool and she kind of talk like me, so let me put him over there. And sound doctrine, which is just basically the Word of God. When we talk about sound doctrine, we're just talking about the Word of God. You know, don't need nothing added to it. We just read it, and you know, we give uh, certain instructions. But sound doctrine is going to become boring to people. You're going to need to have some uh, pizzazz and some swag to it. And you're going to have to relate to the people. Why? Because sound doctrine is not going to be fun for people. It's not going to be entertaining for people. Right? You have to entertain. You're going to have to have a stage. You're going to have to have... sound let me I, i'll be straight real with you let me tell y'all if i was to because i haven't uh, i i don't know the I. i don't think i in the past year or something or two years i have not shown my face on here <laughs> you know or i haven't did but i'm saying all these type of things or did something that's entertaining or i can promote Why? Because God has told me, hey, I just want this to be about sound doctrine. But my flesh knows if I was to do certain things. I can accumulate a lot of people on here. Weekly. I can promote a certain way to, hey, get it out there. But I know once you start doing those things, you can't be sound as you want to be. So you got to understand, when you start getting into these, pleasing the people and trying to please their itchy ears, it becomes a snare to you. It becomes a drug to you. What becomes the drugs? They applause. They faces. They appearance. They logging on. It becomes a drug to you see attention clout is one of the drugs that nobody is talking about that's really killing a lot more people than the real drugs like crack and weed and cocaine and all no clout and attention is killing more people daily man like i never seen before that's the real epidemic that's what they need to be trying to see. Hey, is there a vaccine for this? Clout inattention is taking out kids daily. The morgues are being filled daily because clout inattention. And, and so once you start getting that feature once you start getting that. Woman of God, it becomes a drug for you. And you start to do anything to get it. Anything like stop teaching sound doctrine. Oh, I love it when the Holy Spirit break that thing down, man. Second Peter two one, It says, but false prophets also arose among the people. False prophets wrote. They also arose among the people. See these false prophets are rising up in your church. They're rising up in your, in your church in your youth camp. They're rising up right now. They're forming ideas right now. They're in the service right now saying, "Mm, I don't believe that. I don't think it should be like that though. I think I, I, I think, It's a deeper revelation to that. You know, God gave them a deeper meaning. He gave them a a, a new message. How he gave you a new message, but Peter and Paul had the same message. What makes you so special that God just came and gave you some new revelation? Please tell me. And because we are so entertained, we follow it. Just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly, secretly bring in destruction, here says, secretly. They go, it's going to be so subtle even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. That's what comes. Hey, 1 Timothy 6, 3, and 5. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just read that again. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. That right there alone Should tell you who's false prophets, man. They always want to come against the word of Jesus. They always want to talk about something was written by man and all these type of things. These are false prophets. They may sound educated. They may present themselves as like they may present good works and righteousness and, and build buildings and have youth groups and have all these food programs and all these type of things. But why are you denying the words of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? So they deny these things. They don't agree with these things. And the teachings that's according with the godliness, it says they become puffed up with uh, conceit and understands nothing. So a lot of these times, these false prophets become puffed up in their own thinking. And I get why they become puffed up. Yeah, when you look on your, uh, when you got a social media platform and you got over 50,000 and 60,000 people, you got people sending you all type of money, sending you all type of gifts. You go into the uh, comment session, you got people praising, worshiping you, talking about, oh my God, you were saying, for man, of course that's gonna puff somebody up. Come on, I understand why they puffed up. the people are puffing them up. When you got a congregation that's a million or 30,000 and 40,000 and 50,000. When you going all over the world and speaking at big venues and speaking here and you got books and you got this, and you got all Man, of course, that's going go puff them up. But God said, they understand nothing. It says they have an unhealthy craving for controversy. When you see some of these preachers or prophets or anybody, they always in some type of controversy. (laughs) Come on, man. Why? What is that? Why? Why is your name always in controversy? Why is your ministry always in controversy? Why is your post always in controversy? Why what you say is always controversy? Why? Let me read this again. They have an unhealthy craving. They crave this type of controversy. They like their name being, even if it's bad publicity, they like it. Why? Because it's controversy for them. That's an unhealthy craving that God is telling you, hey, I'm showing you, I'm revealing to you that's a false prophet when they do that. And they like these type of controversies because what? It gives their name momentum. It puffs up their name. It gives them whatever they got going on. It gives them a little clout. It gives them a little momentum. It gives them a little attention. So they they crave the controversy. They have, a, they have arguments about words. See what I'm saying? They have, they have little petty arguments over words and, and over certain scripture and all these type of things. They want to get in debates with people. Oh, man. Which produce envy. So when they do these things, if you go into the comments section, right, and you read all the comments, I guarantee the comments will add up with envy, slander, evil suspicion, constant friction among the people. Guarantee you. See, their controversy in their words, in their ministry, what it does to the people is start to get people to slander. You got people on this side and you got people on this side. They have constant friction among the people. And the people who are arguing about these type of things, look what it says, who are depraved in mind and deprived of truth. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Imagining that golliness, imagining that golliness is a meaner game. Imagining that getting more money is God, oh, man. oof. imagining getting a bigger business is God. Golliness, bigger house. That's golliness. Bless sister, bless. You can't make. Hey, this stuff is so simple, man. Oh my word, this stuff is so. Simple. He said they imagine that godliness is means of gain. They imagine charging people four hundred is from God. That that's kingdom. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And you working for your uh uh master, the devil. Anybody who's charging people. To receive the words and revelation from this word of God is from the devil. You don't charge people to hear the word of God. You don't charge people to what God has given you freely and you begin to charge the people. Oh, no. Come on, man. That's Satan. And we have to be able to weed these people and protect our young people who's coming up. A the saints, man. Exactly. That's what we got to do. Because if a lot of our saints, I believe they want to be right. They are trying to get right with God. But you have these false prophets who very it says they they sneaky with it. They what they do is they appeal to your cravings, your natural cravings, your natural cravings that you are looking for, and they begin to twist it and and, and, and begin to make you go after gain and start to think gain is all about godliness. Hey. Can I share something with you, what I've learned? A lot of times, walking with God, it's not about what you gain. It's about what you can let go. The more you can let go, the richer you become. Oh, Mm. hey, can somebody write that down for me? Please, please, for real, for real. But we live it. The more you get, we think it's the richer you come. But the Holy Spirit just revealed to me, fresh man. I thank you, God. The more you can let go, the richer you become. Mm, That's when you really gain it. Thank you, God. Ephesians chapter five, eleven says, "Hey, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead of expose them." We are supposed to be exposing these false prophets we are supposed to be exposing these false teachers we take no part in t- we take no part in it i was reading the other day god say don't even encourage it don't even give it your attention which is hard to do which is hard to do hey colossians chapter 2 and 8 it says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy in empty words according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of the world and not according to Christ. See, a lot of us, us believers, we just love philosophy. We just want to be deeds. And anybody who have good philosophy, it don't matter if they're teaching about sound doctrine. You will follow them because they just sickle your deepness. They make you feel smarter. <laughs> you know, but I told you in first Timothy, God say, hey, but you really don't understand nothing. But, a lot of us, man, I'm telling you, man, in this generation, we gotta stop it. We want too much philosophy, we want too much knowledge, we want all these f- things, but we still haven't got over on how how you how can we stop fornicating? y'all know we know all this deep stuff. Tell me how can I stop uh fornicating or something or stop uh drinking, stop cussing out my my people, stop having evil thoughts of people. how can I stop that? If we so deep and know it, we we so knowledgeable. Knowledge is power, man. I'm telling you, good. Knowledge is power. Well, give me knowledge on how to get about this sin that you in. Give me knowledge on how to stay out of bondage. I don't need knowledge on how to build wealth and build that. And now I don't need none of that. Give me not because I can build all the wealth I have. But if I'm still in bondage to sin. What good is that wealth? What good is my land? Hey, Matthew chapter 24 and 24 says, For false Christs and false prophets would arise and perform great signs and wonders. You hear that? Great signs and wonders. They may may come and make people walk out of wheelchairs. They may come and do some great signs to make you say, oh my God. And it says to lead people astray. They're going to come to lead people astray. What is going to protect us from these false prophets? Listen to me and listen well. The answer is sound doctrine. That is what's going to protect you from false prophets and from people who's going to come and perform great signs and wonders. The protection is going to be sound doctrine. So please continue to read your word. Please continue to listen to teaching that's of sound doctrine, that's diving into the word, That's explaining scriptures to you. Okay. Begin to have a love affair. With the word of God. And in this time. Of deceitfulness. And the illusion that's coming. That's already here by the way. The illusion that's over uh, our pagan society. You'll be able to be protected. Because you have a shield over your mind. And over your heart. Of sound doctrine. I thank you guys for coming out to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. If anybody asks, who was that preaching? Just let them know. He was just a voice in the wilderness of America. Well, What did he come to do? He just come to tell everybody to repent. But why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank you for coming to the underground. I am out.